welcome to Cover 2 Fantasy Football Podcast, Episode 3. Today we're going to talk about the wide receivers. I'm here, like always, with my man Hooman. How's it going? It's going pretty well, man. How are you, Will? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm excited to go over these these wide receivers. I know that, um, for the most part, they interchange year to year. And, you know, people that we'll see on our list today, we might not see them on this next year's list. But it's going to be fun to to talk about the new guys uh, coming up and, of course, the guys from last year. Absolutely. And to me, this is the fantasy position that can make or break your team during the draft and during free agency or the waiver wire. I agree. I agree. And so let's let's get started with number 10. We're, I'm going to start it off today with uh, our man DeAndre Hopkins. He had an amazing year this year. Um, you know, uh, he had some. It, he had a couple of issues with, of course, his supporting cast. But when they threw it to him, he usually caught it. Obviously, you know they. He had this like rule he wanted to change, where if he got a pass interference, then he get the yards um, because of how many you know, PIs that happened to him this year. Uh, but he is just a dominant receiver, and I do see uh, another good year for him coming up of an improvement of the year. Uh, with their supporting cast. I mean, you've got now Kirk, A.J. Green that just signed, Isabella, and, you know, I just think that they're going to have so many weapons that, you know, DeAndre is going to have his opportunity at a lot more touchdowns this year. Yeah, for sure. That team, especially with the way that offense is set up, they're going to be passing a lot. They're going to be moving down the field. They're going to be scoring a lot, hopefully, and they've made some improvements on defense, so hopefully that'll that'll help them out in that long run also as well. So uh, that brings us over to number nine, which is A.J. Brown. And I'm not a huge fan. I am a huge fan of A.J. Brown. I'm not a huge fan of him being in the top ten because that is a little bit deceiving. I think his stats here are more indicative to his uh, being the only show in town kind of mentality. Uh, Corey Davis has left the team, so and Jonu Smith has also left the team. So – I think AJ Brown's productivity is going to continue to be there. I'm just very scared with, you know, with a team that has Derrick Henry, that's so run focused. Can AJ Brown be a consistent top 10 guy? Is he someone that you're going to blow that first round pick or that second round pick on? And will he bring back to you what you've invested with him in the draft draft capital? And I'm not venturing to say that he would be. So that's maybe a little sneak peek at my upcoming top five of, receivers for the coming year well you know i'm a little biased because he uh he did help me a lot this year but he is injury prone and like you said um i don't know who they're going to pair with him so that's going to be a risk reward as well uh for sure um number eight mr mike evans uh you know an on and off year but i tell you if you had him in uh week 16 you had a fantasy championship because he had two touchdowns over 180 yards. And now with Chris Godwin re-signing or signing the franchise tag, um, you're going to have another good year for Mike Evans. And I think him, another year with Tom Brady, getting that chemistry, I think he's going to have a monster season. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But the one thing that does stand out to me being a Bucks fan and having witnessed it, is that I would love to see the statistic on average yards per touchdown catch 
And I guarantee you, uh, Mike Evans is very, very, very low on that list. He had, I want to say off the top of my head, four to five one-yard touchdown catches this year. So that, that's something that's a little bit worrying. And with that offense, so many different mouths to feed. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, speaking of mouths to feed, the next couple receivers that we'll have, and I get the lower end of those two, and that's Adam Thielen, who came in at the seventh highest rated fantasy wide receiver. Obviously the elephant in the room is the one that you're going to talk about next is Justin Jefferson, which I personally think is the better fantasy option, not necessarily the better wide receiver, but bet the better fantasy option going forward. It just seemed like Kirk cousins had a real connection with him. Thielen, obviously still, I, I, I still think he's got a couple of years of great value left in him. He's one of those guys that I'm not going to invest a high draft capital with, but it's like you're in a dynasty league where you can maybe trade for him now on the cheap. You may be able to do that because the fantasy owner is looking to get out. I think you can still get a couple years of value out of him. Not sure how that offense is going to look with the emergence of Justin Jefferson and with Dalvin Cook being an integral piece to that offense as well. So uh, the first two guys I've gotten a chance to cover here, I'm not, not huge fans of as far as fantasy value goes, but they had the, the numbers this past year. Yeah, and, and, you know, just going off of you, you know, Justin Jefferson at number six, uh, he was Kirk Cousins' favorite target at the end of the year. Um, you know, it is it is going to be one of those things for these fantasy, you know, these everybody in the draft slash, if you had both of them on your team, who's going to be the boomer bust that day, that day? You know, Thielen had some great touchdown games. Uh, Jefferson had some great yardage games, and sometimes he didn't score, so... I agree with you that it's going to be difficult with the two, and I do think that Jefferson is the better option. Uh, but you just never know who Cousins is going to go to that that day, and and you know Cook could steal a couple touchdowns. So um, you know I think they are top ten receivers, but which one's going to be the top ten this year is is the big question. Yeah, I think that's the big question with those two. Bringing bringing us to number five, that's DK Metcalf, who. I love the receiver. I love the player. I love his ability. I love his talent. With fantasy, we always talk about opportunity and talent. Talent's there. But DK Metcalf's stats are a little bit deceiving this past year. Let's talk about that really quick. First half of the year, he had a consistency rank as the third wide receiver. That's when Seattle and Russ were cooking and the ball, the offense was moving. They were getting the ball downfield. And then the second half of the season happened. His consistency rank went from third to 24th. His targets went down. The, his bust games went up. The Seattle offense hit the complete crapper. Uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't a player on that offense that you felt comfortable starting. You had to start them. Uh, personally, I made a big trade early in the season for DK Metcalf on my fantasy team. And I thought I was in a great position and the wheels came off. So going forward with the issue, the surrounding Russell Wilson, whether or not he'll be a Seattle Seahawk. And if he is, they brought in a, a new offensive coordinator that <laughs> this is the funny thing. Brian Schottenheimer jr. Was the offensive coordinator there. And he was not, run centric enough for Pete Carroll. So they fired him and Brian Schottenheimer is probably one of the most no notable 
run oriented offensive coordinators in the league. So it's kind of scary to think what they're actually bringing in and what that offense is going to look like going forward. If you are a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett owner uh, and what that offense is going to look like as far as 2021 is concerned and if they're going to be a ground and pound type of team or not. So I've, I've had the unfortunate luck here of drawing three receivers who I love talent wise, but as far as fantasy going into 2021, I don't have the best outlook on. That is that is uh, interesting. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Metcalf, but I do agree um, that, you know, they have Lockett and, you know, Russ had a, an off year last year. Maybe he's not going to have it this year. Maybe he is. You don't know. But that defense is so bad right now. I mean, it's old and it's, you know, people they are losing everybody um, that I think that they might have to throw. So hopefully he's going to have a good year. Well, that's what worries me. You don't know if Pete Carroll is going to decide to – maybe just play ball control. I mean, they've got, they just re-signed Chris Carson. They've got some other running backs that are there. They may even draft. I could see them drafting a guy like Najee Harris in the first round to just really play uh, a slow down tempo and keep the, keep the ball and maintain possession. So that that's one of the things that really worries me about that Seattle offense and DK Metcalf specifically. That's very true. And, and now we're going to get to number four, who I'm now on your boat or your shoes I'm not a big Calvin Ridley fan. Um, he had a good year, um, but obviously that was because Julio Jones was out for most of the season, um, and you know he is very good, and he should be in the top ten, probably top fifteen, I'd say, going into this upcoming season, just because of how you know how much of an option deep threat he is, and he runs that slot and he can get those easy catches, and he was targeted a lot, but. If Julio's back, Julio's going to get a bulk of those targets. And if he's not, then it's just going to be him and Hayden Hurst um, like they did this year. Is Matt Ryan going to be – is this like the fair well season for Matt Ryan? Is he going to be replaced halfway through the season? You don't know. So I'm not a big fan of Calvin this year. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Ridley, I'm kind of on the opposite side of the fence with where I think his talent and the connection that he built with Matt Ryan that – yeah, there's the whole, if you want to call it the Rule 11 with Julio, if he's on the field, then Calvin Ridley is not really fantasy relevant. But I, I think there were games this year where Julio was active and playing, and Ridley still was pretty dominant. And there's for sure, if Julio is out, then it's 100% Calvin Ridley. So uh, lots of landmines here in the uh, wide receiver landscape. Uh, let's go ahead and go on to number three, where this is definitely not a landmine. This is someone who had a breakout year, and I can kind of see that staying consistent with Stefan Diggs. He absolutely came onto the scene after getting his trade out of Minnesota and ending up with the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. And not very many people would have guessed that he would have had the type of season that he did, being that he was drafted. I want to take a look at this really quick. His ADP was the sixth round. Uh, wide receiver 27 is where he was drafted. And he pulled in the types of numbers that he did as, in, if I think we're looking here at full, I'm sorry, not full PPR. If we're looking here at just the standard scoring. He was the third ranked receiver. If you look at full PPR, he might've been a little bit higher where those numbers were just astronomical. He, he's in the classification of like the, the next two guys, a Tyree Kill and a Devontae Adams, and where Michael Thomas used to reside. 
I think Stefan Diggs is going to be that guy going forward, despite the fact that they did bring in some wide receiver help in the off season here. I think Stefan Diggs is still going to be that guy there in Buffalo. And I, I, I love his numbers. I love what he's going to provide to that team. I, I love the connection that him and Allen have, and he's total green light for me. Yeah. And you, you talk about that off season moves. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is there. John Brown is out, but um, I think Sanders is not going to take those Stefan Diggs touches away. No, absolutely not. So I, I do agree with you. He, you know, with Josh Allen throwing the ball, um, I know they do like to run the ball, but their running backs aren't what they want them yet. And so I, he, I think he's going to be throwing to dig a lot. And I think that's one of those departments that you're going to want to keep a look at in the offseason and take a look at specifically the draft or not, not there's really any free agents left that they would bring in. But if they do spend some high draft capital again on a running back, because two years in a row they have already with Zach Moss last year and Devin Singletary the year before, if they invest high capital on another running back, maybe you can see them trying to transition to that to try to give Josh Allen a little bit of help. But regardless, Stefan Diggs is the clear number one there and he will continue to be. Yeah, I agree. So we get to Tyreek Hill, you know, you were talking about um, these guys have always, both of these guys in the top two or have always been up there. One, two, three. I'm not seeing Tyreek having as consistent years he's had in the past going forward. If you look at this season, he really only had these monster games. And I think it was a 62-point game um, in Week 11 where he had, you know, all those touchdowns and yards against Tampa Bay. Sorry. Um, yeah. But uh, they they really tried to spread the ball a little bit. They, they ran the ball a lot more than they have in the past. Um, so I'm not sure Tyreek will have a monster season like he's had, had before. Um, but, you know, you can't doubt the quickness and just the change of game speed that he has um, to get those fantasy points quickly. Well, we are going to have some words coming up soon. Uh, we're going to continue this this conversation shortly. But before we get there, let's talk about the number one 2020 receiver, and that was Devontae Adams by pretty long shot. He was drafted high. He was drafted as the wide receiver, too. He was drafted in the first round. And he paid you off for that. If you passed up a running back to take him in the first round, you won. If you passed up a running back to take the person who's drafted as the first run wide receiver, which was Michael Thomas, you lost. So Devontae Adams took that spot this year. And yeah, he could be in line for some negative regression because he did have such a crazy good year. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers also obviously directly connected that had a crazy good year. And you could see his numbers probably coming down a little bit, but that's still going to leave you Devonte Adams as a top five, top three wide receiver. They, they don't really have much else there. Uh, they haven't made any moves so far in free agency that would indicate they're going to bring in another receiver. They've, they resigned Tunyon, but you know, unless they draft someone high, which LaFleur hasn't shown that he's really willing to do, then to give Rodgers the target, another target, then Devontae Adams is setting up to be another one of those high-volume, outstanding receivers. I'm going to go back to the, the cam for a second. Why do you have such a problem with me and the Tyreek Hill? We'll, we'll talk about that here soon. Okay. All we'll right. talk about that. We'll, 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 we'll get into that in the uh, Who Will You Pick seg segment. Okay, well, you announced it. That's right. It's time for Who who Will You Pick. Um, and Hooman, I... I would allow you to go first if you'd like. Ah, I, I, I appreciate that kind gesture of yours. I, I can see that you are anticipating this uh, friendly debate that we're about to have because 
at the number one for 2021, I am planting my flag firmly into Tyree Kill as the number one receiver for 2021. I would spend that first round draft capital on him. I think where you did have some valid points that he has become known as a boomer bust wide receiver. I think that narrative completely changed this past season. Uh, I did happen to watch a lot of the Kansas city games this year was zoned in on Tyree kill. And he is aside from Kelsey, you take Kelsey out of the equation. He's obviously one of Mahomes' guys go-to guys, but Hill I think is the standout wide receiver as far as if Kelsey's not there or if Hill's not there, they go back and forth, vice versa. Let's talk about some statistics here. So if we're talking about Hill's consistency, first half of the season, his consistency rank was fourth amongst wide receivers, which is very unique for him because, like you said, he has been known as a boomer bust wide receiver. Second half of the season, he went up to the number one, number one consistent wide receiver of the season. He had, and let's talk about boom busts here for this past season. He only had one game where I would consider a bust where it was below 15 points for a wide receiver. Only one game, 7% of his games was a bust this year, under 15 points. That for me and his breakaway ability and his splash play ability and with, with what Kansas City I think is going to be coming back in this coming year, they did let go of two of their offensive linemen, which makes you think that Mahomes is going to be under a little bit more pressure. They did sign another lineman. I foresee them drafting some. I don't see their offensive line being super strong this coming year. So I'm I'm envisioning them having to design a lot more short, quick plays to Tyreek Hill, and that's that's one of the factors that's making me put him at the number one spot. Well, if you're gonna go with stats, you know, like we don't I love stats. stats around here. You, you believe in stats? I do. I, I firmly believe in stats. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with the stats from this year, and I'm going to continue with the you know, dominance that he had, and I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. And one of the main reasons why I'm going Devontae Adams here is, I don't know if you remember this, he missed four games this year. He four did. games that he didn't play, and he still was number one. So if you talk about the number one receiver and he missed four games – I'm going to go definitely with my man, Devontae Adams. He had A.A. Ron throw him the ball this year. And I do think that, you know, it doesn't matter if they get anybody, if they have anybody, that he's going to be the number one target. And as you can see from this year, he was a number one target and still no one could stop him. So I'm going Devontae Adams at number one this year. And I love that. I, I'm taking Devontae Adams at number two. Um, there There's not a huge discrepancy between the two for me the only the one of the only reasons that i did kind of move hill up above adams for the coming year is for the reasons i stated but also with adams like i said earlier i can foresee a little bit of negative uh regression coming i'm sorry some regression coming aaron Rodgers's way which will directly impact Devonte adams's numbers I can see the running game maybe becoming a little bit more of a focus also and AJ Dillon getting a little bit more involved with Aaron Jones having re-signed too. Maybe they're going to try to help help the situation out that way. That's where I just see a little bit of a difference to where I would shift Devontae Adams down to my number two. Well, one or two. Sometimes it, it doesn't matter when it comes to um, this position. As you can see from the points, they were six points away right. from each other. So. Um, you know, 
that's a, that's a hard one to miss on somewhat with these one and two. But I'm going to go at number two. If somebody wasn't that high this year, uh, and that would be Mr. DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Hopkins, like I said before, had a lot of PI problems. Um, and with that supporting cast coming back, the man just catches everything. You know, I, I quote one of my favorite quotes from replacements. You know, the football is like a one-man cold to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is the only man catching it. DeAndre Hopkins is the only one coming down with it. All right. DeAndre Hopkins is a beast. And I would, uh, I believe that him and the Cardinals are going to have an amazing year with the second year, um, you know, chemistry with his quarterback. They're going to have a great season. And I am 100% on board with you. I'm, I'm making him my number three guy. That's DeAndre Hopkins. He, for a lot of the reasons that you said, but also that he, I think he kind of petered off at the end of the year there, in the second half of that year. He did have uh, he did have some issues as that offense had issues and Kyler Murray developed some issues. So consistency ranks first half of the season. DeAndre Hopkins was seventh, and then he dropped to twenty sixth in the second half of the season. I think that's something that's going to change along the, the line. I think that offense and that team was successful with how they were playing in the beginning of the season, with DeAndre Hopkins being the focal point. And I can see Kingsbury you know, resetting that offense to where that is the primary focus throughout the year where Hopkins is going to slide up into that number three spot for me. Well, we have the same one, two, three. However, they're in different order. I'm going Tyreek Hill at number three. You know, I told you he's going to regress from two to three. All right. So, he, you know, stat-wise, he is impressive. They, they really... Um, you know, with Pat Mahomes and the, the people that they have signed this year and, and all the different people like Hardman, I do see th that they do have a, a little bit of a different offense, but you're right. He's going to get the targets. They might have to throw short this year. Uh, and if he, you know, breaks the tackle, he's gone. So number three for me is Tyreek Hill. And then moving on to the fourth spot, that's where I've got Stefan Diggs. He wasn't drafted in this spot last year, but he definitely earned it. I think I could have even probably put him at number three and gotten away with it, but I'm going to go ahead and take him at number four here with Josh Allen and that offense. He, even in just one year, I think he's proven that he is going to be a high volume, high touchdown, high reception receiver going forward. The way that offense had success doing that, I do not see them changing from that at all. Yeah, I can. I see them definitely investing some draft capital in a running back which could alter that. But from watching them this year, they they still ran the ball and they tried to force things with either Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. So even if they bring in someone through the draft, I don't think that's going to change Stefan Diggs's value. I think he's still going to be the air target. He's still going to have a lot of volume and he's still going to produce like he did this year. I agree. That's, um, that's who I'm going with. Diggs at four, you know, almost 10 targets or more a game the last... Uh, four games during the fantasy playoffs, so um, you know I I don't see that stopping, especially with John Brown gone and and Sanders there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so here at number five is I, I was debating on a couple players. I, I really wanted to probably put Michael Thomas here, but I don't even want to say that name because we talked about this in our other episodes with Kamara and. We talked about it. I think we might have glossed over it when we talked about QBs that who knows what's going to happen with Michael Thomas this year. Injuries aside, with the new quarterback, if it's especially if it's Taysom Hill, if it's Taysom Hill, 
Michael Thomas to me is untouchable. I, I would not draft him until at minimum fourth or fifth round. Uh, if Jameis Winston is the quarterback, they may not win very many games, but you can foresee Michael Thomas having lots of fantasy relevance. But then again, could James build that relationship with someone else also? We don't know. It's a big unknown. That's why I'm not going with him at number five here. And I'm going with someone who did prove it this year, albeit very young, and that's Justin Jefferson. I think he showed what he is capable of and what he is going to produce throughout the his career. Um, he really turned on, especially the second half of the season, when once they got the trust. So you mentioned earlier about Devontae Adams having missed four games. Well, Justin Jefferson didn't get any snaps for, I think, the first four games. Um, over the first two weeks, he didn't even start. So he and he he got minimal snaps for the next two games. So he had a four game sample size there for the beginning of the season where he wasn't even involved. And then he totally came on the scene and finished as a sixth receiver or wherever we have him ranked here in the standard leagues. So Justin Jefferson is going to be the guy for me. And that's why I was a little wishy washy on Adam Thielen earlier because I think Justin Jefferson is going to be that guy on that offense going forward, besides that isn't named Dalvin Cook. Okay. I like it. Like your top five. You know, I agree with you that the, the fifth one for me was kind of one of those risk-reward guys. You know, the, I think everybody else um, in this list could have a top 10 year, could have a you know, top 20 year, could not be even ranked in the top 20, depending on how their season goes. Um, so I was between, actually, Kenny Galladay um, with his new signing with the Giants. Just, but reason I didn't go with him was because he just signed with the Giants. <laughs> I'm going with the man... That has the number one quarterback throwing to him, and that's T. Higgins, my friend. All right, T. Higgins it was a monster with um, Joe Burrow, and he was a monster when Joe Burrow was hurt. So I don't see T. Higgins slowing down. And now with A.J. Green officially gone from that team, I think that he's just going to be getting those nine to twelve targets a game. And with his speed, you know, I think he's going to have a huge fantasy year. You know, I really like that pick. Um, I, I think you're spot on with that. I, I, I don't know if I'd put him in the top five, but he's definitely going to be. I feel top ten wide receiver this year. I think he's one of those guys that you could probably take a, probably get pretty late too. You probably get him fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, maybe even seventh round, because a lot of people aren't going to be thinking about him because he did have that second half of the season. He fell off once Joe Burrow was gone. And like you said, when you take AJ Green out of the equation, you're just left with Tyler Boyd and um, our guy here. And yeah. I think that's gonna that's gonna be a big deal. And I think he's gonna have those numbers to back you up. Well, I mean, and I don't know. Like, I do think their running game will get back in Cincy, um, so they could play more of a grinded out game, but. I mean, they don't have no offensive line that they have. Hey, that's the what they need. Goal. They need an offensive line. They don't have I that, know. so. Yeah. But, um, you know, just thinking about pass catchers, just to, to finish this up, um, tight end-wise, who would you take tight end-wise, obviously, as your number one? I, I mean, the, the, do we even have a conversation about this? No, probably not, no. <laughs> the, especially if you're talking number one. There's... I would take Travis Kelsey over any of the receivers we just named as a fantasy value. Yeah. I, I'm at the point where in this coming season, depending on what the draft board looks like running back wise, if I'm going to skip over a running back, I I might take Travis Kelsey 
over wide receiver. That position is so, it's so thin. You've got Kelsey Waller and then everyone else. Yeah. I mean, Andrews is one of those guys where he's really dependent on Lamar Jackson though. And how that offense is going. That, that's you why. know who was the number three this year. I, I was surprised when I saw it. Who was that? Tanya. Yeah, 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 Tanya. Tanya it was, was just because he had monster games. Yeah, he had, know, and he had a lot of touchdowns. He had a lot of touchdowns. So, I mean, like, just think about that. No one drafted Tanya. And, you know, you got him picked up, you know, late, probably late in the eighth week, maybe week six. Yeah. You would pick him up. So, you know, he was nothing and before the season started. So, yeah, you can see the same thing. I, I do think that. You know, that was always obviously going to be my choice. But I do want to see how Zach Ertz is going to do. Uh, I, I Talent-wise. I mean, he, he's got the talent. Uh, I disagree. He's like I... Gronk in the way that, you know, you just don't go out of style in a way. I thought Gronk was kind of a terrible year. And Gronk was actually good at the end of the year. So, I don't know. I, I just see Zach Ertz has got to come back somehow. I don't know, man. I The games I watched, what I saw of Zach Ertz this year, he looked absolutely washed i mean he looked washed like he was laundry on a sunday afternoon washed really bad i don't know what's gonna happen i know there was word of philly shopping him for trade uh i even read something about him possibly getting shopped to indy to reunite with wentz i just i i want no piece of that action I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I'm I'm excited about one person just because of how injured he was last year. I like Noah Fant. Yeah, um, I, and, I love that. And hopefully, you know, they don't have a quarterback hurt every other week or no quarterback because of COVID. That's the thing. They need um they need something at the court. They need consistency at the quarterback position there. And Fant needs to stay healthy too. Uh, speaking of injured tight ends, who I think are going to show up this year, if we're talking about you know, uh, diamonds in the rough, the tight end from Dallas, Blake Jarwin. I had dra- I actually invested some decent draft capital in him going into last season in the hopes that he was going to be the new guy in Dallas. And then he got injured. Then that got injured and it was a complete mess, but he's a guy that I want to keep on, keep an eye on tight end wise. Cause if you're not going to invest that high draft capital in getting Kelsey or getting Waller, or even maybe coming this year, like Andrews goes into that group, then you're really taking a flyer at that point because consistency-wise, there's really no one else on the board. So why not try to find the next guy, the next per- the next Darren Waller, or the next Mark Andrews who's going to be getting those targets? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But, um, you know, let's, let's wrap up the episode. Episode three in the books. Um, you know, next week we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Um, but we are excited uh, that you're listening again for us and uh, just check us out and subscribe uh, when you give us a chance. You guys have a great day and we'll see you soon. Cover two.